It's very interesting, uh, just sort of the, the way today's message really began to develop. Uh, God had been leading and impressing upon my heart over the course of the last two weeks that a Sabbath like this was necessary. And as I was talking with various people and going to different places to see our church members minister, there just seemed to be an affirmation that it was time. In addition to the sermonette that I'm going to be giving today, we're going to be hearing various testimonies of church members, our church members, who are involved in the work of spreading the gospel. Amen? And you're going to learn through their various experiences that there are many ways to share the love of God with this world, right? You know, um, it was very interesting. I was looking at um, some numbers, and I was looking at the average lifespan of a human being in America, a male American. Do you know what the average lifespan is? You should know. It may be your last. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. What is the average lifespan of an American male? 100. Wow. Okay. 75. Anybody else? 70. Anybody else? 80? All right, average lifespan is 78 to 80 years old, okay? 78 to 80 years old, um, and, and, and that's an average lifespan, and I'm not sure where they're, they're doing this kind of survey, but I checked multiple sources, and the average lifespan of American male is 78 years old. Now, what is so interesting is, if you just think about life in general, 78 years, we'll just round it off to 80 years, 80 years, 80 years is the average lifespan of an American male. For all the men here, 80 years is what's presented before you. 80 years. Okay? Now, I know you're Adventists, and some of you may live a little bit longer, but I want you to understand something. I'm just rounding off 80 years. Now, if you were to take 80 years, how many days are in a year, ladies and gentlemen? 365 times 80. How many days would an average male have from the time he was born till the time he died? Yeah, almost 30,000, okay? 30,000 days, okay? Now let's take those days, let's compute them into hours. How many hours would an average male American have in his entire existence? Some of you just need to turn the iPhone app up and go to the calculator app, right? About 700,000 hours, okay? Now, I want you to think about that. If you've already lived half your life, say you're 40 years old, okay? So that is cut in half. How many hours is that? 350, yeah, right? 350, 100,000, okay? Now, just think about this. And if that was spent, if you were to even cut that in half, sleeping hours, how many hours would you actually have of consciousness? A hundred, what? What is it? 180,000, okay? Around there. Now just think about this. This is very interesting. When we think about life and we think about the measurement of life, we'll think about hours, days, minutes, years. We'll think about decades. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is teaching us essentially a powerful principle that we're going to discover today, that life is not a measurement of minutes. It is a measurement of moments. A measurement of moments. 
What are moments? Moments are opportunities God is giving to us each and every day. And in that short span of that, whatever that opportunity is, whether it's a few seconds, a few minutes, or a few hours, in those opportunities that are presented to us each and every day, there are decisive, I should say, decisions that are being made that will determine oftentimes whether you will be a hero or a villain. Whether you will be rich or rather you will be poor. Decisions that could potentially guide you in a completely different direction. In a matter of seconds, people's eternity has been changed. Their eternal destination has been changed. So when you think about life, life is a series of moments. And in these moments, every person is called to make decisions that are in accordance with God's will. Can you say amen to that? What we're going to discover from the scripture is that there was a young woman by the name of Esther. And there was presented before Esther an opportunity. And in this short opportunity that she had, the decision she would make would affect, affect all of eternity. Everybody take your Bible. Let's go to Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. The book of Esther is a remarkable book. You want to know why? Because the word God or Lord is not mentioned at all in the book of Esther. In a book about God, you would think every book would be about God. But what is so interesting is when you examine the book of Esther, the word God or the word Lord, Lord is not mentioned in there. And it's very intentional. The Holy Spirit wants us to recognize that in what appears to be the ordinary occurrences and situations in the book of Esther, when you examine it closer, there are extraordinary things taking place. Very extraordinary things. I'm going to ask you a question. I ask this to my pastoral staff. I'm going to give you a phrase, and I want you to give me one word that describes that phrase. Here's the phrase. God behind the scenes. Give me one word that describes that, that encapsulates that whole thought. God behind the scenes. Oh, you got it already. Providence. Providence. I was surprised how fast you got that. Okay? Providence. So when you read the book of Esther, do you know what you find in the book of Esther over and over and over and over and over again? You find providence. And as you study the book of Esther, you begin to see God working behind the scenes, allowing certain situations to take place, other things to take place, valuable opportunities that are presented before Esther. The story of Esther goes like this. It starts off with Xerxes. He was the king of Persia at that time, the reigning world empire. And what happened was, he had a beautiful queen by the name of Queen Vashti. And one day, she didn't want to give in to his intemperate desires. She was quickly removed. The wise men of that, area, of that land said, you know what? Let other women be brought to the king, and he will choose a new queen. And sure enough, he found Queen Esther. The Bible says she found favor in his sight. By the way, does that word appear over and over again throughout Scripture? They found favor in his sight. He found favor in her sight. She found favor in her sight. Can you give me another example where that phrase appears? Ruth? Mary? What else? Samuel? Noah? Generally, when you see that phrase, they found favor in the sight of another human being, it'll always be describing an Israelite finding favor with a pagan leader. 
You'll find that phrase appear over and over again. Think about Daniel. Daniel found favor in the, the side of who? You need to read Daniel chapter 1. Okay? He found favor in the sight of the prince of the eunuchs. You read about Joseph. Joseph found favor with Potiphar. And over and over again, you'll find that phrase. It's generally describing how people of God are finding some way an unusual connection with people of the world. And so the Bible says they found favor. And so Esther finds favor in the sight of this king. He makes her the queen. And what happens in this remarkable story is there is a secret plot to destroy the Jews. Do you remember the man's name who was wanting to destroy all the Jews? Haman. Haman. Now, here is the clue about why he wanted to destroy the Jews. The Bible says Haman was the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. The Agagite. Why would that be a clue of why he wanted to destroy the Jews in that land? Because he was a descendant of the Amalekites. And do you know what happened when Israel failed to carry out their duty in removing the various pagan nations? Those who were left alive, do you know what they would do? They would seek revenge. And all of a sudden, when you're reading the book of Esther, it starts off with Haman wanting to kill the Jews. And it's like, why is this? But when you rewind in all of Israel's history, you begin to discover that the Amalekites had a lot of issues with the Israelites. When Israel failed to remove them completely out of the land, they would come back with greater revenge. And sure enough, this, this official in, in that land was seeking to destroy all the Jews. He had no clue Esther was a Jew. But Esther began to learn of this plot, and her uncle warns her. And he was telling Esther at this pivotal moment, Esther, you need to do something right now. And if you fail to do it, we're all in big trouble. Now, everybody take your Bible. We're going to this very pivotal verse found in Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, starting with verse 13. Page 473, if you have one of these Bibles. Please say amen if you're there. Okay, let's keep going. Start with verse 13. And this is Mordecai speaking, the uncle of Esther. Mordecai told them to answer Esther. Now notice what he says to her in this pivotal moment that is given to Esther. He says this, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other what? Jews. For if you remain, now notice what he says, completely silent at this time. Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will what? Perish. Look what he says next. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. King James or another version says, Who knows if you have come into this very circumstance for such a special time as this. But I want you to pay attention on how Mordecai is trying to help Esther recognize the moments she is living in. The very first thing he says to her is this, that if you don't do this, you're in big trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, when God gives us opportunities, they are not just meant so that we can increase in other areas or other people can be benefited. When God is giving us special heavenly opportunities, the first thing we need to understand is that they are meant for our own salvation. And in this situation, the very thing that Mordecai tells Esther is, if you don't act, you're in big trouble, you will be wiped out, and so will your father's house. But at the same time, he says something else to Esther. He says this, 
even if you choose not to do this, God will find somebody else. Ladies and gentlemen, when we neglect the heaven-sent opportunities, God will find somebody else to take our place. Now, if you study Adventist history and what you learn about Ellen White, you discover that she wasn't the first person who was given that vision during that time. God actually tried to two other people. And we found out because of their records. And they were so afraid of what this opportunity, uh, what would cause, what would take place as a result of taking this opportunity, that they actually backed away. And so finally God moved from person to person until he found a young lady who was open. And so God tells essentially through Mordecai the same thing. Esther, if you don't do this, God will find somebody else. He'll bring deliverance from some other place. When God gives gives us an opportunity, a heaven-sent opportunity to work for him, to speak for him. We need to recognize that God, if we choose not to do it, it's not like the whole world falls apart. God will find somebody else. But the very fact he picked you is because he knows that it is ideal and optimal for you. But I want you to see what else he says to her. Go back to verse 13. Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Now notice what he says next. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as what? This. Mordecai was trying to help Esther understand something so powerful, and that was this, that providence has brought you to this very time, this very circumstance, this very moment. Now, just think about this. Esther was somebody who came after a queen who actually decided to rebel against the king, and she was removed. Esther was placed in a very inconvenient spot. Yet as I said this, I said this earlier, I said this. Heaven's opportunities have another name on earth. It's called inconvenience. Heaven's opportunities have another name on earth. It's called trials. What we see as negative and what we see as bad, those are heaven-set opportunities, moments for us to make decisions that can change the course of great things. And so in this particular circumstance, Esther, here he is, here she is, not he, she, she's the queen, providence has brought her to this very moment. And here she is in this circumstance. And Mordecai tells her that God has put you in this place because you need to stand, you need to speak up. There's something that you need to do that if you fail to do it, you will perish and God will find somebody else. But God has brought you here for this very moment so you can be part of the great things that are about to happen. Esther stepped up to this challenge. And when she stepped up to this challenge, Israel was delivered. And this also prepared the way for Israelites to go back to the land of Israel to rebuild the the temple. I love what Ellen White says right here. She says something so powerful. It's so powerful. She says this, true success in any line of work is not the result of what? True success in any line of work is not the result of what? Chance or accident or destiny. That's very key. 
It is the outworking of God's providences, the reward of faith and discretion, of virtue and perseverance. Now notice this, God gives opportunities. God gives what? Opportunities. Success depends upon the what? Use made of them. So many times in Christianity we say to ourselves, well sure there was an opportunity that was presented before me, but you know what? It probably wasn't God's will because it didn't happen. You know what? If you didn't do anything, you are the one responsible for that lost opportunity. What we're told here is that God will lay out many different opportunities for us in our lives, moments, and in these moments, providence produces these moments, but it's up for us to make a decision and stand into that moment and determine that you are going to seize that moment and you are going to make the best of the circumstance and you will find that God has been wanting to bless you all along. This is so interesting because when you recognize what's happening each and every day, every single week, every single year, every single Sabbath, God is laying out special opportunities. And do you know what his motive, motive is in all these opportunities? Your success. Whose success? Yours. Your success. And do you know where you can find true success? By just watching the opportunities go by? Carpe diem. Seize the what? Seize the day or seize the moment. When God is showing you these things, when he's presenting before you various things, various moments, you need to follow up on those moments. You need to grasp those moments. Israel failed because what happened was when all the opportunities God gave to Israel, they failed. They chose to step back. They said it's too much of a risk. It's too dangerous. We're okay being in our little circle. And what happened was those opportunities, one right after the other, passed them by before God finally says, I'm going to have to find somebody else. I'm going to have to look elsewhere. God is wanting us to recognize he is giving to us many opportunities, and those opportunities are designed to give us success in this life. Amen. God wants to bless you in powerful, remarkable ways. Today we're going to be learning about several people who were given opportunities, opportunities to share something, to give something. And as they did this, it led to God being glorified. Can you say amen to that? You know what I love about this church? I really love this about our church series. When people talk about the series Seventh-day Adventist Church, we've developed a little bit of a, a reputation. Our church is known for being loud. Did you know that? Our church is known for being reckless and aggressive. Our church is known because sometimes of our foolish behavior. But our church is also known for having a fierce love for God. Amen? Amen. You know what they say? Sometimes the pastor takes on the congregation or the congregation takes on the role of the pastor. Which one is it? I'm not sure. But either way, God calls us to take on the, the character of Christ, right? And do you know what was the character of Christ? The character of Christ was this. He was hungry. 
You know, the thing I love about the series church is that we're a very hungry church. We're known for many different things, but we're a very hungry people. We're starving for opportunities. Jesus, one day his disciples came to him and they said, hey, Jesus, they said, we got you some food. And you know what he says? I'm not hungry for that kind of food. He says, the food I'm hungry for, he says, is to do the will of who sent him who sent me and to finish his work. And that's what I love about the series church. This is a very hungry group of people here. They hunger to do God's will, known for their aggressiveness. And what you're going to discover during this time of testimony is that God has used a group of hungry people to bless others. Amen? So I'm going to invite Lisa up to the front. And she's going to lead out during this special time. Just ask that you give your attention and just praise God for what's happening in our church, right? Amen. Our first hungry, aggressive church member is Harlan Cook. And Harlan, we are going to ask you a few questions. How many of you know Harlan? How many of you know that Harlan puts in countless amounts of hours here at our church? Amen. Well, we want you to know even a little bit more. So Harlan, um, I was going to ask you what's your name, but I've said it, I think, five times. So can you please tell us how long have you been a member here? I've been a member here a lot longer than I've been a Christian. So let me clarify that. I was born and raised in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, went to Chowchilla uh, Academy and wound up, uh, Junior Academy, wound up going to Glendale and went to the academy there. And I was baptized at 11 years old, had a desire for following Jesus. It left during my teenage years, and I was gone completely. So then at what point was it that you decided to get 1995. active? 1995. Well, Harlan, tell us about the ministry you're currently involved in. I am involved with the the Adventist Community Service, along with uh, with my cohort in this, okay, as Jacelle uh, uh, Curley. All right, and about how how many years do you, has this bread ministry been going, and when did it kind of start to take off? The ministry, if, are we talking about now when it started? It's a darkest society in 1874. Oh wow, no, it, but it the which, more recent, the bread ministry specifically. Uh, uh, that was started. Uh, sometime back uh, with Gertrude that had it okay. here. She started and laid the groundwork, but it has really increased within this last year and a half. Within this last really. year. So tell us a short testimony or a little story. What has been going on in the bread program? Well, the bread program uh, it's been growing. It was, we'd have like 30, 40 people and within the last year it just picked up. So we've had uh, days where we had approximately 100 people. Wow. It's just really growing. But I got a little testimony, if you All don't right. mind, I'd like to do. And it's really, it's about, it's about courtyards, two courtyards of people. One meets on Tuesday and one meets on Sabbath. Both of them are here for the same reason, to be fed and clothed. Mm. But one is physical and the other one is spiritual. And God has laid it on our hearts to take and move them from the physical to the spiritual. Amen. Two separate types Amen. of people. And things have been changing and working to that point. We have a, a story about Sam. He was the first one. He came and needed food. We gave him food. And he said, can I help? And so he was invited to help. Well, long story short, he was in the process of moving to Napa. Before he left, he, by invitation, he came and attended some meetings here before he left. So he came to church, first time I recall. And then another one is Joe. 
Joe, he came up several months ago to, to uh, sign up for food, mm -hmm. and he was hanging around. We got in a conversation. He said, you know, i got nothing to do on Tuesday. Could you guys use a little help? I said, definitely. Please come. Amen. My whole motive is get to know him, get, get to know him, in. and bring a Well, he got a good friendship with Frank going on. Frank invited him to the meetings. He started attending the meetings. Before I know it, we had him here in church with us. He moved Amen. to San Jose, but his sister just came last week and told me how much he really loved and felt that God was moving. Amen. The Lord is really using this community service program to bring so many people from, like Harlan was saying, the need for a physical food into recognizing their need for spiritual food. Amen? Yeah. And I know you had a short verse you were thinking about sharing yeah. with us. Proverbs 19.17. He who gives to the poor, or who has pity on the poor, lends to the Lord, and he will repay. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Harlan. You. you know, a lot has been going on there in this program. I had a lady came up to me, and she was in the bread line, and she told me that she was really interested in Bible studies. And so a lot of Bible studies that even I have personally and FM 101 members have been getting with have been from this ministry. It's every Tuesday, so come on out to it. It's at 1130 that they start handing out the food. So God is moving. Amen. He really is. I'll have my next lovely couple come on up. These are the McDowells, and please tell us your names. I'm For those who don't know. I, I'm Georgia. I'm Ted. All right, Georgia and Ted, you guys did something very exciting just last week. Can you please tell us what that was? Well, I'll go back a little bit farther. Last year at camp meeting, there was a presentation uh, from the person who was the head of ASI, which is Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. And she said that they were planning a health fair, or not a fair, a health... Uh, Focus outreach in San Francisco. All right. In the following in uh, May, and she asked for volunteers. So I'm assuming that, that we had Ted was the first one on his feet that day. He was so excited to wow. go. So at this outreach in San Francisco, what what two roles were both of you playing? What were you doing, Georgia? I was helping Ted. All right. Well, that's a good <laughs> thing. She's his help partner. What were you doing, Mr. McDowell? Well, you know, I, I would like to, to read my text now if I could. Absolutely. It says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prosper—anyway. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I'm telling you, this event was made up of dreams and planning— uh, Elder Wilson from the uh, General Conference called after the three days that we had this program and said that he felt that he had witnessed the last latter rain and the Spirit being poured out upon his church. Uh, you know, I've never been anywhere that I spent four days in the presence of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you could absolutely sense it. I probably presented Jesus to at least 20 people. I prayed with most of my patients. I took out extractions that should have taken uh, probably an hour and 15 seconds. I mean, the Lord was there. Uh, the mayors of both cities did not want this to happen. They finally started to soften a little bit when it was all over. They both said, one of them says, I'm a homosexual Jew, and you Adventists can come back 
to my city in San Francisco anytime you want. That's incredible. They were overwhelmed. They expected to serve maybe 3,000 people. We had 3,500 people lined up at Oakland in the rain on Friday. Amen. Uh, the dental department, we probably should have seen maybe uh, 30 or 40 patients a day. We saw 205 the last day we were there. They all got significant service. Just one miracle right after another. I talked to people who served food at the, where we ate. This little gal asked me what we were doing there. I told her, I said, we're trying to do what Jesus did, and we're also trying to tell people of his soon return. When I left there for the last meal, she said, pray for me. That's incredible. You know, this, this entire outreach in San Francisco, I wish it, more people could have known about it, but there were over, you said, 3,500 people who had got free medical service, both I, what was that? Millions of dollars. People from Saudi Arabia were coming into San Francisco to help volunteer at this mission project, and so many hearts were touched. Now, probably $5 million were donated mm -hmm. just in free services, and probably that much more was spent by the combination of our conferences. ASI, normally they raise about $50,000 at their meeting just to show how the Lord is working. They raised $250,000 this year. Praise the and Lord. And that's for more programs like this. Go ahead, Georgia. We had so many volunteers. There were over 500 volunteers who came, including from our church, Magpios and Brandy and, and us. And, well, Anna Nell came. But uh, it was just overwhelming. And never did you see a frown. Never did you see a, a harsh word. Ne I mean, it was Amen. just unbelievably wonderful. We had students that came from... Fountain View Academy in Canada. Uh, Weimar Academy was it there. Was, it was Day really a, a joint effort oh, with a lot huge. of ministries. It was so, huge. Quick question, Mr. and Mrs. McDowell. If you had something to say to our church, how would you encourage them? Take a chance and, and volunteer. Amen. <laughs> you know, I think this work is going to be finished by one-on-one. -on -one. And every day I think, uh, you know, if you say in your prayer, Lord... Who is it you want me to talk to today about Jesus? You'll find him. Amen. Thank you both so much. We appreciate your labor for the Lord. It's never in vain. Amen? Amen. If I can have our next two hungry church members, come on up. All right. So if you can introduce yourselves, what is your name? My name is Alfred. And? Blaine. Very nice. Well, recently, Blaine and Alfred, I'm going to talk to Blaine here quick first. What did you get involved in most recently here at this church? I got involved with uh, FM 101, and then now we're starting FM 201. It's hey. uh, teaching you how to uh, give Bible studies. Amen. I'm going to have you pull the mic a little closer. Okay. Yeah, I have a louder voice. So now you joined this class. You went through, you're almost through the entire eight weeks. And what have you been recently doing? We've been meeting with this uh, person for Bible study. Amen. What's his name? His name is John. John. And can yeah. you tell us a little bit about your experience? Has it been as difficult giving a Bible study as you originally thought? No. No? no. What has been something that you've learned while doing this? Um... I guess preparation, it, you know, when you have a good illustration, it makes the, uh, 
word come alive. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. And, uh, and you guys have been studying with John for a few weeks now. I'm going to switch it over to Alfred here. Alfred, when you gave your Bible study to him, what was John's reaction? John was very receptive. He was hungry for the word of the Lord. Um, he's very positive about meeting with us, and he looks forward to meeting with us every week. Yeah, you know, when I first met John, we had been going door to door. He calls, before they hooked up with him to start doing the study, he would call and be like, when are you coming to give me a Bible study? There are people in just right, he lives five minutes from the church, really hungry for the truth that we've all been given. Amen? Amen. And so, Alfred, how long have you been giving Bible studies? Not very long. Not very long, but I was there, and Alfred did an amazing job. I know he's sitting here like it wasn't that good, but it was awesome, and God did a miracle. John and I recently talked, and he tells me that he enjoys studying with both of you. Amen? And they have made such an impact on him. His wife has Parkinson's, and just seeing, you guys, that he can use anybody. Blaine told me he said he was shy, and Alfred said they were shy, but in the Bible study, the Holy Spirit takes over. Amen? Amen. So when you get the opportunity, take FM 101 or 201. It's not for anyone's benefit, but for God's and for your own. Amen? Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Next up, we have... Amen. The Lord is good. We have one of our most active physically and just in the church, church members coming up here. Can you please tell us your name? I'm Bob Dunn. And how long have you been a member here, Mr. Dunn? Uh, ever since uh, the Brian McMahon series about 15 years ago. So for about 15 years. So how about you tell us a little bit about your ministry? And if you want to call up anyone else, that's fine. Yeah, I'd like the re- some others to come up that are involved. Um, we have uh, a few people here that are volunteered to come up with me. Where are the volunteers? Oh, here they come in their matching shirts. This is what we're looking for. So tell us, what is the name of your ministry and what does it do? Okay, I'm a certified young at heart um, uh, health and, uh, exercise instructor. Okay. Uh, I went through some training and um, there's, it's a program that's uh, uh, around the Modesto area, and it's going out into other areas now, Patterson included. There's one there. Um, and it's a, uh, a program that is uh, well accepted, and it's something that uh, I, I was just doing the exercises, going to a class, and they asked me to to be a substitute instructor, so I took the training, and I thought, you know, the, the Lord impressed me that this could be something that we could do at our church. Amen. And it would bring people from the community to, to uh, be acquainted with our church. Amen. And it's worked out really well. You're We've, right. uh, started about four months ago. And how many people, on, it's every Tuesday, how many people attend your workout class? Okay, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, 10.30 to 11.30. Everybody's welcome. It is geared for older adults, um, but uh, anybody can come, and we've had, we've been averaging about 30 people, we have about 60 people, people on the rolls, Amen. Um, and I would say probably more than half are from the community, not from the church. That's right. It's a great opportunity for you to come out and bring your neighbors and... and, and Bob. 
Can you show us what one of those stretches look like? Yeah. Here, I'll hold your mic. This is our basic equipment. We have uh, everything. It's it's um, just movements with uh, with with bands, and we have um, everybody here could. Can Carmen do it? Why that? Um, we have ten. We we hit. We do the eight main muscle groups. Um, it's strength training. It's not aerobics. If you're looking for something more vigorous, uh, this is not the place for you. But <laughs> if, if you want, uh, most of our workouts are done. You can do it sitting in a chair. We all have a chair. We can do it sitting or standing. And everyone works at their own pace and their own uh, exercise level. This is the. They have three different tubes for strength. Ability, you know, we can do the light one or go. And we have Carmen over here going side to side. This is wonderful. You know, something about this Young at Heart ministry, like Mr. Dunn was saying, many, over half of them are actually just from the community. And then they come and they look inside of our church. Pastor Nell, in 10 seconds or less, tell them about the Indian woman that you had met through sure. the Young at Heart. So one day I was mumbling to myself, why are there not more Indians in our church? And I came in, and I walked into the Younger Heart class, and there was an Indian lady who actually came to some of our other programs. And I was able to take her through a tour of the church, and she said, I'm really open to these kinds of things. Amen? Amen. So they are souls to be one. And she would have never come if the Young at Heart program wasn't put in place at this church. Amen? Amen. God is on them. You all can have your seat. We have a few more testimonies, and we want to get you out on time. <laughs> all right. If I can have my next one. Thank you so much. Our next one is Miss Brandy. How many of you know Brandy? Well, if you don't, you will after this testimony. Here's a mic for you. Thank you, Miss Lisa. How long have you been attending here at the Ad Series Adventist Church? You know, I um, started coming late um, of 2012. Very nice. And recently, you also got involved in a ministry. And can you tell us what it was and what was the most exciting thing about it and what you learned? I did. I had the privilege of being part of the um, medical missionary work that happened in San Francisco and Oakland, the building bridges. Nice. So I, I heard about there? it. Early part of Were you there the whole time or just part of the time? I, I was actually there Tuesday evening. Tuesday evening <laughs> until when? Until Sunday morning. Until Sunday morning. So she was in San Francisco from Tuesday to Sunday. And I bet you were just visiting the beaches and oh, yeah. relaxing. <laughs> no, quite no. the opposite. They were putting in countless hours volunteering for these people. And what unit were you working with? And what's a story you could share with us that really stood out? Actually, I was assigned to pediatrics. Um, however, we were short in many departments, so we were triaging patients and then also had the privilege to work in the lab. Okay. So Pull it a little closer. Good? There we go. Okay. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> we love the voice. So tell us, did you have an, a unique experience while you were there? I did. Um, actually, Friday it took place in Oakland. I had a young, um, a young um, nurse came over to me and, and was kind of bringing her patients that we need to get some lab works and um, gave me the lab slip and I said, okay. So had him have a seat and realized he was Spanish-speaking, <laughs> and I am not fluent in Spanish. <laughs> but by God's grace, we were able to communicate and, and get his blood work done. And so what we had to do with him is um, get his cholesterol under control. So walked him over to Lifestyle Medicine. 
and they were extremely over bombarded. They were busy, but I was able to connect with a young individual and um, got to counsel with him, pray with him, and set him up with some healthy habits. Amen. And he was he was so blessed. He was Amen. so so blessed. Yeah. Wow. And what did you walk away from that experience with? The understanding you were you were explaining to me earlier that after this experience, you recognized how important it is to be involved. It is so important. You know, it, it's actually when you're standing in a room full of thousands of people that you realize what a big need that people desperately need our help. There are. There were people who were waiting 20 hours before the mm-hmm. clinic opened, lined yeah. up. When we pulled up on our street. bus, there was a line. A huge line, <laughs> and, we, and they were, we were all ready for yeah. these services. You know? That's okay. Do you guys know that this clinic that they set up was located next to one of the biggest porn industries of all America? Yeah. <laughs> right next door. That's where the gospel is supposed to be. Amen? Amen. Sorry. Thank you. Just no, that's your point. And it's incredible. <laughs> you know, God really did something miraculous over there. And as it was being done over there, the Lord is also doing miraculous things here. Amen. Amen, but it takes people. It takes people like all of you church members to know that the Lord can use you to reach people no one else can. Do you really believe that? Mm-hmm. It's so true, and God has opportunities waiting for us. Thank you so much, Brandy. Thank you. Our last testimony, as she comes on up, she will give us her name, and we will talk about what she's been up to. What's your name? Uh, good morning. My name is uh, Marta Moran Hermanagilda. Okay, that was a long last name. I don't know if I could respond. This is Martha. And how long have you been attending here? Well, I recently started attending here regularly January. Okay. I've been on and off prior to that, but regularly since January. Regularly since January. And I saw Marta and a few other people, and we began to pray for her, saying, we know the Lord has a place for her in ministry. Amen? So, Marta, what class did you recently take? Well, I just uh, recently, I checked that FMN uh, 101 class, how to learn how to talk uh, to people or give Bible studies. And then right after we finished that, I did the cooking class, which I've never thought I would ever do in my life. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) What had happened was Marta took this FM 101 class, and from there she got connected with other people who had been taking the class, and they decided they were going to, this was such a blessing, Candy Osias actually put together a group with a bunch of these spiritual friends for new people, and it was out of this time, and I was like, wait, I didn't get invited to it. And she's like, aren't we supposed to be doing things without you? Yeah, actually, you're right. And so it was a blessing because out of that gathering, they came up with this idea for a Hispanic cooking school class. And we had over 50 people come, and it was Marta's first time, but it was a blessing. Anyone who was there, it was good food and good, good way to learn how to cook. So (laughs) what else? So Marta has now gone from FM 101 to teaching cooking schools, and then the Lord laid a burden on a few of the people in the pastoral staff's heart that we need a Spanish. Spanish FM 101 class. Amen? We have Spanish. I had seven ladies come up to me, all speaking Spanish, and I'm not equipped to speak back. And they had said that we want an FM 101 class. So tell us, Marta, what are you doing now? Well, um, just, just close. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, just started uh, doing the FM 101 uh, in Spanish. 
And um, I feel that uh, I'm uh, the one that's being more blessed than actually teaching. So by doing things for God, is I'm being more blessed and learning more and becoming more connected to God. And there's a verse that I wanted to share to, uh, this morning because I really um, coming up in front and speaking to a lot of people is not my thing. Um, I've always been like uh, being in the back corner. I don't really, I get really nervous. And uh, I, when I, about a year ago, I said, oh, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to talk. I don't want to speak. Leave me alone kind of a thing. We can't but, tell. We can't tell, right? <laughs> the Lord's done a miracle. But then uh, this verse reminded me. It says, uh, be strong and have good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So if you have any fears of whatever it is, put it in God's hand and he will be the one that will lead you to speak whenever you need to speak and say the appropriate words at the right time. Amen. Marta, thank you so much. Thank you all for sharing your testimonies. There's one last scripture before we turn it over to Pastor Nell. And Revelation 12:11 says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives even unto the death. I really believe that God has a plan for each of you. Amen? And a way that you can be involved in ministry. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, God is presenting before us moments, right? And he's called us to seize those moments. Um, some of you may not know this, but some of you may. Um, we're going to be starting our Patterson Church June 7th, two weekends prior. We're going to be having a special prayer afternoon session there. Today, though, at about 2.15, we're meeting in the lobby. And what we want to have is the biggest outreach group we've ever had in the series. Head out to Patterson for a 30-minute outreach. 30 minutes, that's it. 30 minutes. And, and we want to show the Patterson, uh, the city of Patterson, our love. Amen? By the way, Lisa will be returning as our cross trainer starting in September. Amen? And, but God has called us to, to really seize those opportunities. Throughout the day, I want you to be prayerful. And when God presents before you different things, take advantage of those things. God is ultimately seeking your best. He loves you, church family. Why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the rich testimonies we have heard. Thank you, Lord, that you never forsake us, even when we have squandered all those things. Father, we pray you'd redeem the years that the locusts have eaten. And you would grant to us new and fresh opportunities, whether they be small or big. Lord, we pray we'd be faithful and we'd rise to the challenge. Father, we are hungering to do your will and to finish your work. I pray, God, that you would bless our church, our city, our families. Bless the city of Patterson, God, as we begin to head to that direction. Thank you, Lord, because we know you're already there. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, church family. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.